0: How often have you felt like, I don't have enough, I am not enough, if I just had some more resources, if I had a little more time, if I had a little more money, if I could just get a hold of, then it would all be all right. That is the language of scarcity. And so often we feel that. We feel that in our society where it's all about what more can I get? What do I need next? How can I have? And then there is... Real situations, very real situations where we don't have enough to do something that we need to do to survive. And so to begin to think about that, of how often we speak in a language of scarcity, how often we feel it, how often it is a real concern, And then on the other side, we get this sense of God's abundance, that we were created out of love for peace and joy, that we get a sense that we are supposed to be flourishing, having abundant life, and yet we have this language of scarcity. And so how do we begin to figure that out? How do we begin to navigate those times of scarcity and the times of abundance? Because my guess is we've even felt them kind of back to back, kind of together where we have something wonderful, joyous that's just got us celebrating and the next moment grief just comes creeping in. Or we have these moments where we feel connected with one another. And then some situation comes we have no control over and just seems to wipe us out. And so it's almost like we've got this constant balance of scarcity and abundance that keeps pulling at each other. And sometimes we're just waiting for the other shoe to drop. So as we're thinking about this topic, we're starting into this series during Lent of how does Jesus live through? So if we're thinking for ourselves, how do I get through? How can I figure this out? Here we've got Jesus living right into it. And today we're going to be looking at the story of his baptism right next to the story of the wilderness. And in Matthew, Mark, and Luke, they are right next to each other. They are next to each other for a reason. And so to begin to think about, okay, if I struggle with If each of us struggles somehow at some point with living through scarcity, the wilderness, and yet supposedly we have a God of abundance who's like, no, 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 our life needs to flourish. I am giving you this love. I am giving you this peace. And it's like, "I I don't really feel that way. I don't have enough time. I don't have enough of to reach that. How do we begin to find our way? And so Jesus, the story of Jesus today is going to kind of give us, help us into that conversation, give us a sense of how we might navigate when we are in those times of scarcity, when we are feeling that kind of crushing on in into our lives, when we're like, but I want a life of abundance. The story is for us today. So beginning in Matthew, the third chapter, verses 13 through 17. At that time, Jesus came from Galilee to the Jordan River so that John would baptize him. John tried to stop him and said, I need to be baptized by you, yet you come to me. Jesus answered, allow me to be baptized now. This is necessary to fulfill all righteousness. So John agreed to baptize Jesus. When Jesus was baptized, he immediately came up out of the water. Heaven was open to him, and he saw the Spirit of God coming down like a dove and resting on him. A voice from heaven said, This is my Son, whom I dearly love. I find happiness in him. Okay, so Jesus shows up, this, this ritual you know, we have a practice of washing, right? At some point we need to wash. Hopefully, you know, we do that on a regular basis, but here it gets turned into a ritual. It's a ritual that they're practicing. The Jews are in the first century, and it's meant as a ritual of cleansing, of saying, okay, I'm going to let go of, I'm going to cleanse myself. I'm going to take part in this ritual so that I can connect God, And so that's really the difference between a habit, a practice, and a ritual, is that the ritual is trying to connect us to God. And we have all kinds of rituals that we try to engage in, Uh, habits, practices, uh, that turn into rituals that are kind of life-giving. We may not think of them as being connected to God. But... We've got all kinds of rituals, and here John is practicing with the people this ritual of cleansing. Jesus shows up and is like, hey, I want you to baptize me. And John's like, oh, no, 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 I'm not good enough. I am not good enough to do that. And how often have you felt that way? I am not good enough for, I am not good enough to do, I am not capable of, right, that that sound Right? That language of scarcity. And here Jesus is like, nope, I'm inviting you into this moment. I'm inviting you in to this very moment, which is about connecting with God. That Jesus doesn't just say, okay, well, you do you and I'm going to do me and I'm sorry you're left out. No, Jesus is inviting John into the moment. Jesus invites us into this moment. And we get this really cool story where Jesus goes through this ritual of baptism, gives space, gives space for something to happen, and it does. And so as he comes up out of the water, he feels the presence of God, like a dove coming and sitting and resting on him, dove being the symbol of peace. And so that sense of peace is resting upon him in God's presence is with him in that way. And then to know this voice, you know, sometimes we want to make it this booming voice out of the heavens, but this voice that pops up that says, in you, right? This is my son whom I dearly love. I find happiness in him. Love and happiness. Happiness can also be uh, translated here as taking delight in, that God is saying, I love you, And I take delight in you, that Jesus has made space for the possibility of God's presence in this moment, and that Jesus experiences it so that all of us might experience it, right? So we've got abundant, flourishing, like, oh my goodness, to be able to experience God's love, to be able to experience God's delight in us, to be able to experience that peace in just a little moment. How do I get that? I want that. But are we willing to make the time for that? Now you may be like, I, I've got so many things. My schedule is so overcrowded. I don't have time for, I don't have the resources for. Whoa, hold up. Simple practice makes space. So hold that thought as we begin to go through as you're thinking about okay, how do I make space for abundance? What how do I begin to kind of build that life? Because here, Jesus is taking a moment. And we all have a moment. We all have a minute. We all have five minutes. And here, Jesus is taking that moment and making that space and focusing upon listening for God. And the words that are heard are love. And happiness. And this is going to be really important that Jesus has this moment because the next verses that we're going to read are into the wilderness, right? That you're like on the mountaintop and everything's going great, and boom, like it just kind of comes falling down, and you're in the wilderness. And so Jesus is going to give us a sense of how important this moment is to help him through as he goes. Continuing on in Luke chapter 4, verses 1 through 4. Jesus returned from the Jordan River full of the Holy Spirit and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness. There he was tempted for 40 days by the devil. He ate nothing during those days and afterward Jesus was starving. The devil said to him, since you are God's son, command this stone to become a loaf of bread. Jesus replied, it's written, people won't live only by bread. So a couple things here. So the Spirit is leading. So the Spirit of God is with Jesus in this time. And Jesus goes off. He's had this really great moment, and he heads off into the wilderness. And this is supposed to connect us to the Israelites, right? We've got 40 days in the wilderness. The Israelites had 40 years. The number 40 is just about a complete time that they completed a time of being in the wilderness and all of us find ourselves in the wilderness at some point, right? At some point, we find ourselves in the wilderness of not enough, can't do it, it feels like the world is falling apart, like there's so much unknown, and so we feel like we are in the wilderness, especially in a sense of disconnected, from something that's thriving, disconnected from abundance. And so here Jesus goes off, and this personification, the devil, the personification of evil, that's all that the devil is the personification of evil, the personification of destructive, of pain, of suffering, of creating havoc and chaos. The devil is the personification of those things that are all about disconnecting us from God. And so here the conversation is, the conversation is, hey, you know, you look hungry, right? You don't have enough food, scarcity. And Jesus replies with, it's written, people won't live only by bread. And you're like, okay, what, what in the world is going on here? That instead of Jesus playing into this voice of scarcity, playing into this voice of, you don't have enough. You will not survive. You can't survive. You do not have enough of whatever it is we think we need. And here, Jesus replies with words out of Deuteronomy. In fact, all of his responses that we're going to read today are out of Deuteronomy because it's supposed to connect us to the Israelites were in the wilderness and they were struggling and they were struggling mightily. And so when we're thinking about our own wilderness, when we're like, man, I don't have it all together. I cannot figure this out. Here, Jesus latches onto these words and these words of this of it's written people won't live only by bread is a sense of what are we feeding ourselves what are we feeding ourselves on a daily basis what are we consuming We live in a consumerist society, and so we are constantly consuming information. We are consuming images. We are consuming the internet. We are consuming the television. We are consumers of material things. We are consumers in all kinds of ways. And here, Jesus is like, hey, you can't live by only bread alone. You gotta live on more. And so it's really this moment for us to take a step back and going, when we find ourselves in the wilderness, when we find ourselves falling into that language of scarcity, when we feel like we don't have enough, we aren't enough, that everything is kind of like I'm never going to live up to, we have to begin to ask ourselves, what are we consuming on a daily basis? What are we feeding ourselves to get us through the wilderness? Who are we listening to? What are we reading? What are we searching out on the internet? What are we... Paying close attention to what are we focused upon. And we're about to get even more into that. Because those voices, those destructive voices of, say, not enough, those voices of what does it matter? What does it matter if? Can really start to wreak some havoc in our lives. When we're like, you know, I just got that promotion and I don't feel fulfilled or we get that sense of, I don't think I'm appreciated at home. And so we begin to focus on what we don't have and begin to miss what we do. Continuing on in verses five through eight. Next, the devil led him to a high place and showed him in a single instant all the kingdoms of the world. The devil said, I will give you this whole domain and the glory of all these kingdoms. It's been entrusted to me and I can give it to anyone I want. Therefore, if you will worship me, it will all be yours. Jesus answered, it's written, you will worship the Lord your God and serve only him. So this voice says, you don't have enough. You don't have enough power. You don't have enough homes. You don't have enough resources. You don't have a big enough bank account. You don't have enough. And Jesus goes, Hold up here just a minute. And again, answers with a piece out of Deuteronomy. Again, answers with scripture. It's written, People won't live, or, sorry, you will worship the Lord your God and serve only Him. Jesus is saying, I'm not going to focus on what I don't have. I am not going to focus on what I need to get to just kind of fuel my ego. Instead, I'm going to focus on God. I'm going to focus on God who has created us in love for peace and joy, who is trying to bring us into these moments, trying to guide us through these moments so that it's not all about what we don't have, but instead focusing upon a God who says, you do really matter, that we do matter, that we are worthy, that we are enough, that we have enough in many instances, that we don't focus on the language of scarcity, but we begin to move into a language of abundance, Think about that. Think about if you tried that, of of stopping yourself when you're using that language of scarcity of what you don't have and said, wait a minute, what do I have? What do I have around me? What do I have surrounding me? How do I have love today? How might I find peace? How might I... Instead of focusing on, well, I just, I don't, I can't. That language of abundance, instead of that language of scarcity that begins to draw us down. Continuing on, verses 9 through 13. The devil brought him to Jerusalem and stood him at the highest point of the temple. He said to him, Since you are God's son, throw yourself down from here. For it's written, He will command His angels concerning you to protect you, and they will take you up in their hands so that you won't hit your foot on a stone. Jesus answered, It's been said, Don't test the Lord your God. After finishing every temptation, the devil departed from him until the next opportunity. So there Jesus is. He's in the wilderness. It can be chaotic. It can feel lonely. You can begin to question yourself of who you are. Right there, this personification of evil, this personification of destructive forces is trying to say, you don't know who you are. Who are you? You aren't anything. You don't really matter. You know what? Go up to that highest point and see what happens. Jump off. Yeah, you don't really matter to anybody. This personification of evil, this personification of destruction, this personification of... Things that are detrimental, of voices that are detrimental to us, of saying, we do not matter, you do not matter, you are not enough. And Jesus pushes back and says, hold up there. Again, once again, quoting out of Deuteronomy, he says, it's been said, don't test the Lord your God. All that God created was good. God created us for out of love, for peace and joy. God created us and gave us strengths and abilities and a purpose to do good for the common good of all. So that means each and every one of us matters. You matter. You are enough. You matter this day. And to think that you don't is a total dismissal of you as God's creation. And so when we feel like we aren't enough, we have to ask ourselves, wait a minute, what did God give me? What strength, what ability, what purpose did God give me to live into? Because we all are an important part of this world. We each of us are an important part to the work of God in this world of bringing us to peace, of bringing us to joy, of bringing us to a greater sense of love. And so if we think I don't really matter, I can be easily dis- I can be easily replaced, then we are missing the abundance and we are struggling in this scarcity. Because that language of scarcity is always going to pop up, right? I mean, it said, after finishing every temptation, the devil departed from him until the next opportunity. That sense, that sense right there, that sense of, wait a minute, there's going to be another opportunity, there's going to be another moment, there's going to be another time. And so how we navigate... How we go through, what do we hold on to? What are we holding on to of abundance, even in the midst of the wilderness, in the middle of the struggle? Finishing up in verses 14 through 15. Jesus returned in the power of the Spirit to Galilee, and news about him spread throughout the whole countryside. He taught in their synagogues and was praised by everyone. Jesus comes out of the wilderness. At some point, we all come out of the wilderness. We all kind of move through the struggle. Sometimes we don't go very well through that struggle. Sometimes we don't go well through the wilderness. And here, Jesus makes it. He makes it through because of the way he responded, because of the choices he made, because of the space he had made before the wilderness in that habit, in that practice, in that ritual with God. And he makes it through, and so it's like God is with him in a way that God's presence is noticed by everybody else. And we've said, you know, we notice when somebody's kind of, their demeanor is different. We notice, we've, you know, how many times have somebody said, I think you're glowing? Or we've said that to someone else because they are so filled with this amazing energy. Like they, their life is pulsating, they are flourishing, they are bouncing. And we go, whoa, what is that? I want a part of that. But to get there, Jesus had to go through the wilderness, Jesus had to live through those moments of scarcity but he had to figure out a way to respond. It didn't mean that he still wasn't struggling. It didn't mean it was easy. But he had to hold on to those moments of abundance to get him through. But he also, right, he also made space for that ritual. And we may be thinking, OK, so there's rituals in our lives. How do, how do we kind of think about that? How can we kind of think about the practices, maybe something we already do? as giving space to God. And I know this may sound crazy, but what if we focused upon God as we brushed our teeth, as we cooked, as we drove into work, or even as we sat down at our keyboards before starting work. Just a minute, just 30 seconds. God, may you guide me this day. May, we focus upon, may I be focused upon, help me to see your presence. Help me to be guided by making space in our regular habits, our regular practices. Maybe even while we're lifting weights, we're asking for God's guidance. We're asking for God's strength. Maybe we're even praying for somebody else. So that connection in our smallest of moments, taking that time in things that we already do. And then Jesus shows us something else, right? Like I mentioned, he quotes Deuteronomy. Every time he hears that voice, Every time that voice is pushing him in a direction he does not need to go that is not about the common good, that is not about peace. It is all about that scarcity of you don't have enough, you aren't enough. Jesus answers with scripture. And to think about that, you know, the Bible, it it can be kind of thick, right? There's quite a bit in here. But what would it mean to just pick it up and just read a psalm or a part of a psalm or a verse of a psalm each day. And yeah, maybe some days it doesn't resonate, but there will be other days because Jesus held on to particular words of Scripture that kind of helped him think through, that kind of he held on to. I know I have held on to Romans 8 at different times in my life. Nothing can separate me from the love of God. It's almost like a mantra of being able to go back to it. I mean, Psalm 12, help Lord, because the godly are all gone, the faithful have completely disappeared from the human race. How many of us, if we watch the news, need to hold on to that? That sometimes that scripture resonates. At times that maybe are even unexpected, that it kind of bubbles up within us so that we hold on to those words so that that language of scarcity can't take hold. We get this sense of what Jesus is building, of how Jesus is walking into that abundance, of how Jesus is trying to call out to us, even when we're like John and going, I'm not capable, I'm not enough, I don't have enough time, I don't have enough energy. And Jesus is like, I still invite. I encourage you to come. I encourage you to be a part of I encourage you to notice the abundance that is all around that might just help each of us as we walk through the wilderness, as we hit those moments of scarcity, as that fear and chaos try to take over, that Jesus keeps calling, keeps inviting, keeps showing us a way forward. So what would it look like for each of us today? What does it look like for you? As you go through this world of chaos sometimes, of feeling like not enough, never enough, if I just had, what does it begin to look like for you to focus upon abundance, to focus upon, to build little rituals into your day, to be able to go Wait a minute, God, I need a little help here to be able to have a scripture that you hold on to. What about beginning to build our lives daily around that? Amen.